him when we need him. But I'm here to tell you today, he is worthy of our praise. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, God. You are worthy to be praised. Father, we, we, we repent today for not praising you enough. For not counting you as worthy enough, Lord. Lord, to handle all our situations and feeling like we can handle them ourselves. But God, we're in a new decade. Lord, we're in a new place, a new year, Father. You're giving us a whole clean slate, Father. Lord, to, 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 to change all that. And this year, God, let us realize and recognize how worthy you are. Father, let us recognize and realize, God, Lord Jesus, that you deserve all the praise. And let us give you all our situations and problems and, and, and turmoil, Father, and trials and tribulation. Let us give them all to you that you can be glorified in, in the answer and fixing those things. And we can worship you for it, God. And Lord, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere we go for about it. In Jesus' name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anybody excited for a new year? How about, how about for a new decade? You know what? You know, sometimes you're like this year, last year. Man, you know what? Let's just, let's just scratch the whole decade. Let's just get a whole new decade. You know, let's just get a new year. You know, I saw on Facebook the other day somebody says, 2020, I'm disappointed that I don't see the Jetsons flying around nowhere. Because they weren't there in 2020 or something like that. Clear vision. Clear vision. We're going to talk about that for the next month. Clear vision. And on, on the 26th, our anniversary, I'm going to uh, be giving you... Um, uh, the word for the year. Last year it was grow, and then in the middle of now, in the middle of the year, God in increased grow now, and now we have a another word that God has given me. As I was up there in Charlotte in ele at elevation um, for the praise party, God gave me a word right in the middle of that service, and I've been praying and seeking God. Like God, I ain't got a word. The, the year's the year is tomorrow. You know, I'd like to have a word before tomorrow. If you want to give it to me next week or next month or in the middle, of, I don't care if you get when you give it to me. Just give it to me. You know, I'd like to have it. And I'm real funny. I, I, I try not to say God said something if he ain't say it. And that's one thing I'm going to promise you. that You ain't going to hear me say God said if he ain't say it because I'm scared. I fear God. I'm, I don't want to, to mislead you. I'm not going to get up here today as, as, as some people may and get up here and, and give you this big, this big thing and all these dreams and tell you what God's going to do this year knowing that God ain't told me that and just to pump you up and try to get a bunch of people to show up to church. Amen. I'm going to try to tell you the truth and what, what God has laid on my heart. And, and for this month, it's going to be clear vision. Today, we're going to talk about blurred vision. The, the clear vision is a series. Today's blurred vision. What blurs our vision or blurs our vision and hearing. You know, next week, I'm, please come. I'm going to be talking about, about God goggles. God goggles. Because so many times we see th things through our fleshly eye. And we're going to talk next week about seeing things through our God goggles, our spiritual eye. But when you go to the doctor, and the vision doctor, and something's wrong with your eyes and you have glasses already, you go in and he says, hey, you were 20, you know, 20, 30, now you're 20, 40. So he has to make some adjustments to your glasses, right? And he has to tweak some things because you go in and say, hey, my vision is kind of blurred. And so there's things, there's things that cause that. In, in, in our lives. Now, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an optometrist, top, whatever they are, what do you call them people, them opti people. But, but, but the thing is, they know what causes that. So I'm not that, but, but I am a pastor, and I can tell you some things that causes blurred vision with us. And I'm going to be brutally simple and brutally basic today, because I feel like there's some things that God put on my heart to talk to you about today that we need to talk about that, that cause us to have blurred vision. And it's time for us to refocus and reprioritize some things. And the first question I'm going to ask you 
you. This, is, this isn't one of my points. This is a question that God really put on my heart. And, and if this offends you you, 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 you have some serious issues in your life. Um, and it may, it may offend some of you. And some of you are going to think, that is dumb. But, but listen to my point. The first question, if, you're gonna have, if you have blurred spiritual vision, then what is the very first question you need to ask yourselves? And as a matter of fact, it's the first thing we need to ask ourselves, even if you haven't got blurred vision, we need to ask ourselves this on a regular basis. Okay? And, and it's a question. You can be like, really? But listen, the first question we need to ask ourselves is, am I saved? What? Pastor Doug, why do you think pastors that, and these mega churches fall from grace? Because they were so busy preaching and doing that they fell out of relationship with Christ and they weren't even saved and didn't even know it because they didn't ask the question. We need to ask ourselves, am I a Christian? Is Jesus Christ, here's a question you ask, is Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? And that's the first question we need to ask ourselves this decade. This, this, this decade. It's the first question I need to ask myself as a pastor. Is, is Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? Or am I just preaching? Because, hey, but, but Pastor Doug, but I come to church and I, 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 I go to life group. Look, hey, when you get to heaven, what's the word of God say about that? You'll say, I did this, this, and this, and this, and this. And God says, depart from me, I never knew you. Why? Because they never asked the question, am I a Christian? Am I saved? Do, do I have a, not just am I a Christian? Because people believe in God. People, demons believe in God and tremble. Okay? People can believe in God and go to church and teach and preach and everything else and still not be saved. So the first thing you need to ask ourselves is, is Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? See, this, we, and, and this is like a, this is a, a new decade. There's, quest, there's things that we need to make adjustments on. And whenever you have teams go into the locker room and they make adjustments, there's some, there's some problems, that they, they, mistakes they make when they get in that locker room. And so this is a new year. These are mistakes that we don't need to make. The first one is when they get in there and they're losing the game, they let their emotions get the best of them. And see, and your emotions will often mislead you. When you're, when you're down and you're out, you know, and you let your emotions lead you, then, then you're probably going to make some wrong decisions because you're thinking emotionally. And I know, hey, I, when I get emotional, I don't need to make decisions because I'm a, I'm a hot mess. You know, you, know uh, you, you, don't make, you don't make big decisions when H-A-L-T, halt, stop, halt, H-A-L-T, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. When you, when you got them things going on in your life, you don't make decisions. Because, you know, you, when you're hungry, you go to the, if you go to, the, to, the, to the, uh, the grocery store, you'll buy twice as much. And when you're angry, you'll do things you shouldn't do. And when you're, lo when you're lonely, you'll compromise yourself. And when you're tired, you ain't thinking straight, and you're going to make decisions that are not full of wisdom. So we, they, let, they let emotions get ahead of themselves, and they make these decisions, and they go out on, on, the, on the field emotionally. Okay, and they didn't make the adjustments. And number two, they, they, they don't make any adjustments that really matter. It, you know, if, if, you are, if you are playing a basketball game and you got a three-point person, person that's making three-point shots on the other team and they just drain, just drain in three-pointers and you go in there and say, hey, we're going to bombard. Everybody rush, rush the, the, the basket. I want everybody under the basket, everybody. Okay, well, you go back out there, you can make those adjustments, but the thing is, is the adjustment you need to make is somebody guard a three-point guy. Somebody guard the guy that's making all the, all, all the shots. So people, sometimes we make adjustments in our lives that don't matter. You know, and so we need to be careful this year that, that we make adjustments that matter in our life. And then the last one is, sometimes when they go in the locker room, teams, uh, they just lose hope. We're so far down, we'll never come back. 
And when you lose hope, you have, you have the, it's game over. It's game over when you lose hope. Last night, the, the, um, the Tar Heels were losing really bad at halftime, and they went in there, and they were losing by like 20 points. But, but the thing is, is, is that when they came back after halftime, for the, in the first two minutes, they cut that lead down to 10 in two minutes. They made the adjustments, right? They made the right adjustments, and they came back and did it for two minutes, but then they didn't keep those adjustments intact, in and they couldn't make any more headway. So sometimes we make the right adjustments, but we're, we, we, don't, we don't hang on and keep doing those things. We just do them for a while because we're fired up because it's the beginning of the new year, because it's a, it's a new decade, and we're fired up for a month. You know, like your resolutions, all that. You know, people make all these kind of resolutions, and 90% of them don't make it past the first week, you know. But that's what we do. We make adjustments. Oh, i got to start doing this and this and this. But then we, 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 we kind of tinker out and don't, don't finish the, the, the game. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about some adjustments that we need to make that's going to really help clear your vision and give you crystal clear vision in Christ. And we're going to talk about the blueprint from the Word of God. And I don't want you to miss any of these messages. I want you to be here every week so you can hear them and commit to being here to hearing this. Okay, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Paul said, follow my example as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we, Christ gave us an example. And, and Paul's saying, hey, I'm trying to give you an example that I saw from, from, from God, from, from Jesus. You know, and so we need to do that. I, tell, I, I, I used to tell my teenagers all the time whenever I was a youth pastor. I always say, follow me as I follow Christ. If I ever stop following Christ, you move on past me and don't wait for me. Because I'm not God. Don't fall with me. So many people, when Jimmy Swaggart fell, I, I, I mean, they're like, so many people, I just, if he ain't, can't make it, I can't make it either. Don't wait for me. If, if, if I quit following Christ and I quit being the example of God that you know that I should be, which, dear God, I don't ever plan on that. I ain't, plan, I ain't, I ain't projecting nothing. But I'm just telling you, don't look to people for, for your substance. Don't look for people to be that person that you, that you look up to, to. If they fall, you fall too. Okay? Go on past me. You keep going. And pray for me if that ever happens. Dear God, don't let it happen, Jesus. But Jesus was only on the earth for 33 years. And everything he did, I believe, was an example. I believe everything. I believe, I don't believe anything happened. We, we always talk about living intentionally. I don't think nothing he did was unintentional. You know, first off, he didn't do, he didn't, you know, we all think Jesus walked around and did ministry 24-7. Well, he didn't. He did not do ministry 100% of the time. He constantly withdrew it says he constantly withdrew to a, a, a solitary place and prayed and spent time with God. We know he spent a lot of time with the Father. We know that he, he spent a lot of time with, with um, his, 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 uh, his family. We know he spent a lot of time with his leadership. You know, he, he spent lots of time in relationships with people. And he was on a mission. So, so, so what is your mission? What is your goal this year? Have you written down? We talked about it last, year, last week whenever I was at the beach, and uh, we did that video. Thank you all for watching. We've had so many views on that, and, and a lot of people watched that video um, from, from, from last week. But we talked about if you write down your goals, you're in the top 5% of America because people just don't write down their goals. But you've got to have some kind of plan. You've got to write them down. If you don't write them down, you've got to at least have a mental plan of what to do. Proverbs um, 21 and 5 says, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. But, <coughs> excuse me. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. If you plan, you can be prosperous in life. And I'm not talking about just financially. I'm talking about ju just mentally, physically, and, all, uh, and socially. You can, you can plan and you can be prosperous in that. But if you, if you, if you try to take shortcuts in life, you're always it's always going to lead to failure. 
So what's the plan? If you want to be successful as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a son, as an athlete, as a scholar, as a business owner, you have to have some kind of plan. Nobody plans to be, to be poor. Nobody plans to be overweight or out of shape. I, I, I didn't. Thank God for this fast. I done lost like two or three pounds. I'm, I'm like, gee, I'm looking good. And then I take my shirt off. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. It was a shirt that made me look that way. But nobody plans to, 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 to be unemployed. Nobody plans to be lonely. And if you don't make plans to do things, you, you, you're not going to ever succeed out of that. These things only happen when you have a plan. I'm, I'm, I'm personally at my, at my best when I make, make deposits or I, I input um, into these five areas of my life. I'm talking about these five areas of my life and I'll be done. Number one, faith. Faith. Here's something else we got, we got to ask ourselves. Is, okay, yes, I'm a Christian, but is God first in my life? Is God, if Jesus is not first in your life, then you are on your way to need to ask your question again, are you saved? Because of the fact that we need that 633 principle. Matthew 633, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And after that, all these things will be added unto you. See, you know, if, 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 you, if you get to the place where you don't have time to, to spend time daily with Jesus, reading your word, uh, at least, let's, let's just not even say daily. If you have not got the time regularly to, to, to read your Bible and to pray and try to come to church once a week or one, once as you can, you know, then, then, then the thing is, is you're too busy. You need to reprioritize your life. We, we, we need to look at ourselves and say, you know what, man, I need to, I need to, I need to tighten up. Man, I need to make some adjustments in my life. You know, I say I'm a Christian, but I'm not reading my word at all. I'm not praying at all. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not coming to church regularly, you know. And so, and so the thing is, is that I've got some issues, and I need, to make some, I need to make some adjustments in my life. You know, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in your life? I believe that, that the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. And the thing is, is, is if, if you, I, I believe that when we sin, one of those fruits is not in your basket. I, I, mo, most all sin kind of follows around one of those nine fruits. And when, when, when we have those fruits in our life, then, then we, are, we, are being, we are being fruitful, right? And when one of them not, it causes us not to be fruitful. When there's a, a fruit missing, and that, that's in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23. See, no one ever planned to grow cold in their relationship with Jesus. Nobody ever plans, well, I'm just going to kind of, I think I'm just going to kind of like, kind of chill out and just kind of get cold and get lukewarm with God and backslide. Nobody plans that. They all plan to be on fire, but then thing, things happen in our life. Busyness happens. You know, you know, death happens. You know, turmoil, heartache, heartbreak happens. All these things happen, and we don't keep making adjustments in our life as we go. We start focusing inward rather than upward. And we get selfish. And, and, and the thing is, is, is nobody plans for burnout. Nobody plans to get so busy that you leave Jesus out. But, but we have to keep checking ourselves. Where am I at in my relationship with God? Is there room for me to grow? Obviously, there always is. How can I grow? Where can I grow? What can I do to get closer to God? Number two, so faith. God's got to be first. You got to have the faith of God. You got to put God first in your life. And you got to make sure that, that, that you are are. are, are all, your, all your, your, your things are in order with, with God. Number two, family. Number two, 
family. Is your marriage and your family healthy? Okay? Notice I didn't say, is it tolerable? I didn't say, are you making it? I said, is it healthy? If it's not healthy, then we need to make some adjustments. What do I need to do? Why? Because I made a covenant with God, and I made a covenant with my spouse to, for better or for worse, to death do I, I part. So what can I do? Here, here's my number one thing in marriage counseling. I tell them, don't worry about what your spouse does. What can you do to make this relationship better? And then if you treat them like they're supposed to, they're probably going to treat you like you're supposed to. But if you treat them like they treat you, then, then y'all, it's just not going to work. So, so, but you don't, you don't never want to okay marriage. You don't want to have an okay relationship with your kids. Think, like, watch this, watch, this, watch this video. It's just like 20 seconds. You've probably seen it before. First tattoo? Yeah. Relax, amigo. It's going to look okay. Only okay? No worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro. Just okay <laughs> is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. AT&T is America's best wireless network, according to America's well, actually biggest Actually, it's Sprint, but they can, the commercial's fine. The um, but the thing is, I love where it says, I love where he looks at it and says, stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. You know, but it's okay. You don't want an okay relationship. You don't want your spouse to say, are you, are you happy with your spouse? Well, it's okay. Uh, you, uh-oh. Do you want your son or your daughter to look at you and say, what kind of father do you have? What kind of mother do you have? Well, they're okay. Nobody wants, that breaks your heart. Nobody wants that in their life, to, to, to be an okay parent, to be okay husband or okay wife or okay brother or sister. You want to do what you can. What can I do to make a difference? You know, um, you know, and you may say that, and you may say, oh, it's wonderful. Well, let me ask you, if I ask your spouse, would they say it's wonderful? If I ask your children, what kind of relationship does your dad have with you? What kind of relationship does your mom have with you? Would they, would they agree that it's wonderful and that it's all great, or would they say it's okay? Or would they say, I don't have one? We have to, God is God first. God's got to be first, number one. And then family is second. And in the family, your spouse is first, and then your kids. And see, people don't understand that. Well, no, I love my kids. But see, what's going to happen? Your kids are going to grow up and leave you, and then it's going to be just you and your spouse, and you ain't going to know how to live because you don't have a relationship with them no more. That's why God put that, 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 that format for us that is God first, and then, our, then, our, then our, our spouse, and then our kids. Praise God. And so... Um, and so, if you want, and so how do I do that, Pastor? Well, just like with God, how do I get closer to God? Well, I spend time with Him. How do you get closer to your best friend? You spend time with them. You talk to them. You, you, you sup with them. You, you, you go out with them. You spend time with them. How do I get closer to my family? Same thing. You spend time with your spouse. You have date nights. How do I spend time with my kids? You take them to daddy-daughter banquets or mama-son stuff. Or, or you go out. You play board games at nighttime. You do whatever you can and make sure that you make time for that. And if, if you find yourself, sometimes I get so busy, I have to try to make time for that because I'm like, oh, I, I just got to stop and try to see, see if we can play some board games. But then sometimes when I'm ready to make time for it, I'm like, hey, let's, let's play some board games tonight, guys. And, 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 and John or Cindy be like, well, hey, Pop, I'm, I'm going out, I'm going out with, with Grayson or I'm going over here. Or I'm just, Cindy's like, oh, I got to spend the night at somebody's house. Or you know what? Hey, I got to go do some homework. And I'm like, ah. 
You know, so, so you, it takes work on everybody's process part to, to, to try to, to make this relationship better. And these are the adjustments that we need to make in our life. If you're going to have clear vision, wait a second, you mean my walk with God is partially dependent on how my relationship is with my wife and my kids or my, my husband and my kids? Absolutely. Well, I can, you know, are you saying that I can't see God clearly and see the things of God and hear the things of God as good if my, my family is not right? Absolutely. It has to be right. Are you saying that if God's not first, I'm telling you that if God's not first in your life, he's not your God. That he is, it's not work and then God. It's not family then God. It's not my career in God. It's not my wife and her children in God. It's God and then others. Great relationships aren't built in a day. They're built daily. Okay? So, no one ever planned to get married and fall out of love. No one ever planned to be roommates and raise kids. Nobody ever planned to get a divorce. Nobody planned to go grow distant from their kids. These things happened because they didn't have a plan. When you don't plan things with your family, you don't plan to grow that relationship, before long you're going to like, well, what, what happened? I was good. But see, you may be good, but they may not be good. So we got to be good together. And okay, the third one. We only got five. The third one. And this is one that, that, man, makes everybody cringe, everybody freaks out, is it's finances. But see, the thing is, 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 is God, do you know that God talked about finances in, in, um, in all his parables about 40% of the time? He talked about finances and, and um, possessions. But anytime you bring it up in a church, oh, oh, I'm not coming back no more. All he wants is my money. I don't want your money. God's got my back. Okay. Whenever you, whenever you, you give, matter of fact, we got to go, we got to go to the word of God in Philippians where it says, you know what? This ain't even about you. It says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That's what the finances is about. But see, we, you know, so, sometimes we, we, we spend some, you got some people that, that spend money like it's hotcakes. They just think they got all the money in the world. Then you got people who are stingy, don't spend any money. And then you got people who don't know how to save you know, and so they, they, got all, they, got, they got their account and they their paycheck to paycheck. And then you got people like, like me that's trying to get out of debt because I was a dummy when I was in, in the military. And, and I just spent all my money and then I would put on credit cards. And then once I ran the credit cards out, since I had good credit, I would take and consolidate all the credit cards so I would have more money to put on my credit cards. Yeah, so I got so far in debt. And so now I'm, I'm got, I had to get a plan on how to get out of debt. And I am getting out of debt. Because I have a plan. It's just, you're not, if you think you're going to pay your credit card off, it's never going to happen. You'll pay. I used, to, I used to even say this. Hey, I'll just put on a credit card. I ain't never going to pay it off anyway. It, to me, it was like free money when I was a young adult. I mean, that's how I looked at it. I, I mean, it's gonna be, they're like, well, it'll take you 70 years to pay this off. I'll be dead by then. Okay, let's put it on a credit card. So I had to, ch I had to change that. But, but see... This one is an easy one to miss. People, people, we need to lead with generosity. One of the, one of the most God-like things you can do is to give. I believe God's people should be the, the most generous people on the planet. We shouldn't be the most giving. What, did, what, is the, what is the first thing that God said that he did? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. It's all about giving. 
And see, we look at tithes. You know, is that what, well, I, I tithe, that's generosity. No, tithe is, is, is obedience. And you know, maybe, you, maybe you're here today or maybe you're on Facebook Live and you don't understand what tithes is. Tithes is where God asks you to give 10% of your, of your, 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 your earnings. And, you know, and, then, and then Malachi talks about it and says, hey, you know, how did I rob God? It says in tithes and offering. You know, we, we don't pay our tithes and we buy other stuff with it. And God's like, you robbed me. You took money from me for yourself. So what does that do? You know, listen, tithe, what, the money that comes into tithes, what that does, that is our budget. You know, we, you have tithes and then you have offerings. Tithes is what you give, the 10%. Offerings is what you give above and beyond that. Like some people give through the building fund. Some people just give extra money in the offering plate. So what does that do? That is our budget. That's how we have the Funnel Cake Festival. That's how we reach and go help boots on the ground and help pay for the food and stuff that's there. That's how we have all of our Easter events. That's how we have Easter in the park. All that stuff. That's how I get paid. That's how I'm able to be a pastor. You know, all that things. You know, and so we, we, so we need to continue to pay those things so God, you can bring them to the storehouse so God can, we can have a, a budget and do bigger and better things. Because, you know, if we, if we all give through the building fund and don't pay our tithes, and what happens is then we move. And we don't have money to pay the bills because the bills where we're going to go is going to be more than here. And if we don't keep paying our tithes here, we can't pay the bills. Then we can't move. And then we ain't got, then we ain't got nothing to do. All right? And so we got, we got to understand that, that, that God's got to be first in our lives, first in our family, first in our finances, and first in our lives. And you would say, well, I think God's first in my finances. And somebody, a pastor, Pastor Wilford one time said, well, I can tell you if God's first in your finances or not. Give me a checkbook. And he said, let me look and see who you gave to and what you gave to and all, and all this. The fact is most people don't pay for it. Do you understand that the national average is somewhere about 5 to 7% of Christians that pay tithes, that give to God on a regular basis? It's tough to hear. But I want to be found guilty of being generous. I want, to, I want to be financially free to when someone needs something, I want to bless them. I want to be financially free to when I'm sitting down, I'm eating, and I can tell that this, this, this waitress has had a hard day and she's had a bad day. I want to be able to, hey, here's a 20. Here's, here's something extra. Here's a 50. I don't, here's a 100. Dear Gina, let me give her $1,000. Let me keep going. Whatever it is. I want to have financial freedom where I can bless people. Where someone says, hey, you know, you're going somewhere, you're doing something, you know a family in need and they had a death. Here, let me help you. You know, someone has, has had a going through a bad time, they lost their job. Here, I can help you. I want to I have that kind of freedom. Now, will that ever happen? I don't know, but I, I, I've had glimpses of it. God has blessed me at times with little tiny bits of money, and I, I end up giving it all away, but that's okay because I just, I love that. I love to be able to bless people. I love to be able to give to people, and I want to be financially free when I can do that, and part of that spiritual focus to, to get to that place is being faithful in my tithes. Now, give the, now listen, give to God, but give to yourself. Put, in, put some money in a savings account so you can have some money to do what you want to do as well. You pay your bills, yeah. You know, put 10% to God, put 10% in tithes, and then the rest of it, I mean 10% in savings, and the rest of it pay your bills with. Whatever. So, so um, hopefully we can all, all put, our, 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 ourself, put God first and all that. Matter of fact, tithes is the only thing that God says, test me. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, test me and see if I won't do what I say, except for when it comes to tithes. But nobody ever planned to be stingy. Nobody planned to be disobedient. Nobody planned to be in debt. These, these, these things happen when you don't have a plan. And I, I try not to take a whole entire message. That's just, it's just me personally. I, don't try, I try not to take a whole entire message to talk about that because I don't want nobody to think that that's what I'm all about. Because it's not. Because God's going to bless this church whether you give or not. I'm preaching this today for you, for you. 
because you're going to get blessed for it. And then once you get blessed, then the church gets blessed. Okay? And so this is something that's just obedience. Okay? And now the next one, spiritual fitness is number four. Spiritual, and I would just say fitness. But, but, but see, the thing is, is in our, our body is a temple of God. And I think, I think people think that instead of God living in our heart, he lives in our stomach. And we try to make room for him. Okay? But that's just not how it is. But when we take, I will say, when we take, you know, and I, I'm, I'm the first one to say that, you know. Okay? But, but the thing is, is that when, uh, in reality, when we take care of our body, it gives us the energy and the drive and the focus to take care of the rest of our lives. Okay? But I want to talk about spiritual fitness, not so much about living, you know, healthiness. We need, you know, everybody, everybody in here, I don't have to preach you to that. Everybody here knows that. We, we, need, to, we need to eat right, need to do right. You know, we, 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 don't, we don't mind, you know, going over here and talking about, you know, the, um, the, those that are, that are addicted to this and that. But then we have our own addictions um, when it comes to, to eating and stuff like that. But spiritual fitness, I want to talk to you. In Matthew chapter 6, God says, says when you pray, when you give... And when you fast, those three things, he didn't say, if you want to give, if you want to pray, if you want to fast. In Matthew, it says, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a three-chord fold is not easily broken. When you pray, when you give, and when you fast. When you have that, that cord is not easily broken, and it can bring clarity in your life. And we're in the middle of this fast. If you haven't started yet, I, I encourage you to. My number one rule when it comes to, 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 to me, me offering a, a, a corporate fast is the first thing I always tell everybody, please don't make it legalistic. You will get nothing out of the process. If everything, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are you eating? You can't eat that. You, you, I can't, you, you, you freak out. It's more stress to your life than blessings. And you, you, go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. There's different kinds of fast. Hannah fasted when she couldn't have a child. It says that she wept and did not eat. Judah, Ezra, I mean, Judah, Ezra, the people of Nineveh, David, Anna, and Nehemiah all fasted. Joshua, Moses, and Jesus fasted for 40 days. I think um, Joshua, I mean, Moses fasted twice for 40 days. Daniel did the 21-day Daniel fast, which a lot, a lot of you probably are doing. A lot of people do that. You know, also, he, he fasted for one day. You know, Paul fasted for three days. And for 14 days. There's all kind of fast. Peter fasted for three days. You know, Jensen Franklin says that fasting is like spring cleaning for your body. And then there's half days as well. I personally like the half day. That's kind of what I like to try to do. You know, where, where I like, I won't eat breakfast or lunch, and then I'll eat, I'll eat supper. But then at supper, I'm even trying to do something there too. I'm saying, okay, at supper I'll eat, but I won't eat no fried foods and no sweets or snacks. So I still even try to contour that. And that's the, that's the one that's most effective for me in my spiritual walk. Okay, I, I don't know why, you know, and I know you're, breakfast is supposed to, you're supposed to start off with breakfast and all that. I don't know. It's, but, but, I, but I feel like it, it is, to me, doing that is almost harder than trying to do a whole day fast. And I don't understand why. But, but, um, but, that, but that, that, is, that, is, that is what I like to do. I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm saying that helps me. And when you do that, it makes you so spiritually sensitive to God. You know, and when you fast... Um, it brings healing to your body. Did you know that fasting gives your body a chance to rest and that it can heal diseases, it can heal sickness, it can heal colds, flu, it can heal acne, it can heal, um, it even slows the aging processes. Um, I read yesterday that it said it'll, it'll even, uh, it can even heal hot flashes, ladies. And then it says it will heighten your sensitivity. It will break addictions. 
and it will break generational curses. It will break the spiritual of lust, the, 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 the sin of lust, and it will break habitual sins. Man, fasting is so powerful, and especially when you do food. Now, like, you know, well, Pastor Doug, I, I only do food because I don't believe in this social media. See, they didn't have social media in the Bible. If they did, they would have added that to it, okay? So, it, but, but if you struggle with, with your flesh with social media, if you struggle with your flesh with television, if you struggle with your flesh with music, whatever it is, I, I, love, I love somebody, I think it was Jensen or somebody said, if it means something to you, it means something to God. If it doesn't mean nothing to you, it doesn't mean nothing to God. So just because it doesn't mean nothing to you not to, not to drink coffee, don't, blame, don't, don't, don't get on somebody else for not doing that because that might be their vice. Okay? So, but we all got to understand that, that when we fast, it's a cleansing in our bodies, it's purifying our bodies, and it creates such a sensitivity. Why when we do food? Because our body gets hungry, and what, our body tells us what to do every single day. When you get hungry, what do you say? I'm hungry. And when you say I'm hungry, what do you do? You go eat, right? What, when, what, so what are you feeding? The, the body, the, the stomach monster, you know, you, you're feeding it, and that's your flesh, so our flesh cries out, I'm hungry, and we feed it. So when you say, when your flesh cries out, I'm hungry, and you're saying, nope, I'm not going to do it, but I'm hungry, I'm not going to. You are gaining control over your flesh. Why do we sin? Because of flesh. So when we start gaining control over our flesh, then we, then we have more control over our life. Okay? And it can, it can really help us when, when we do these things. It makes us super spiritual. I could, I could already tell, I could already tell on, the, on the second day that I could, already, I could already sense more of a communion with God. I could already sense a little bit more sweetness. I could already sense on the second day, just, 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 just two days of, of giving, I, I could already sense the, the, a communion, a, a sensitivity to God already. So I'm excited about how the rest of this is going to go. And like I said, don't judge on what anybody else is doing. If you, if you go out to eat and you're eating your little vegetables and somebody else is eating a steak, dear God, get, leave, leave them alone. Let them do between them and God what they're doing. They may be doing something totally different that's way worse than what you're doing. You just may see it. They, they may be fasting five days and on Sunday they eat. They may not eat nothing but bread and water for five days and eating a little steak on Sunday. Who knows? So just leave it to them. But it sharpens your vision. It clears your vision. No one ever planned to be overweight. Nobody ever planned to, to eat poorly or have a heart attack or to die young. But why? Because we didn't have, they, they died because they didn't have a plan. Proverbs 20 and 4. May God grant you the desires of your heart and make your plans succeed. We have to have a plan. Okay? The last one. Um, the, la the number five. And we'll be done. Just a couple verses and we'll be done. Um, Fall on your knees and pray. Everything was F, and I couldn't find an F for pray, so I said fall. Fall on your knees and pray to keep it in organi organized for you OCD people. Um, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will, will um, humble themselves and pray and seek my face then and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore or heal their land. Pray. If we will humble ourselves and pray and seek our faith, seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Um, Philippians 4 and 6 says, excuse me, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. If, um, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Pray. 
We have to, and I'm not talking about just praying over your breakfast and your lunch and your supper. That's good. We need to pray and bless God and bless our food. But that's not the prayer God's talking about. And I'm not talking about your little nightly prayers, you know, you know, now lay me down and sleep and pray to the Lord my soul to keep it about you. I fall awake and pray to the Lord my soul to take. That's not the prayer you're talking about. I'm talking about saying, God, I need you. Lord, you're worthy. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I know Miss Jones has got, is having a hard time right now with her family and her grandson's not saved and he's out there in the world and addicted. Could you bless Miss Jones, God? Could you give her the strength? Could you touch her grandson, Lord? You know, so-and-so, m- 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 Mr. Mr. Smith over there, God, he's dealing with some, some ailments in his body. You know, so-and-so, hey, they just, they just had a family member die. Lord, bless them. God, you know, if you don't, if you're like, I don't know how to pray. I've told you this before, I believe um, earlier, earlier, maybe a couple years ago. P-R-A-Y, P, start off with a couple minutes praising God. P-R, repent. We can all do that. Everything's, everybody, for all sin. And then A, ask. Ask. God, here's what I need. And then Y, yield. Now, God, what do you want to say to me? Praise, repent, ask, and yield. That is, so that's just, that, that's how, if you don't know how to pray, start off that way. It's just a conversation with God. But if you want to have spiritual focus, you've got you've to pray uh, on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, you need to pray every single day. I know everybody can't read Scripture every day, but you know what? I, I have a little devotion that, 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 that's on by email, and every morning it pops up a little, a little video, and I watch a little 90-second video every morning. So no matter if I, if I get to spend more time in the Word or not, the first thing I did that day was I, I got 90 seconds of the Word of God and a 90-second uh, little word from somebody. It's, it's roncarpenter.com, and he just does a little devotional every day for 90 seconds. So I know if I don't do nothing else, at least I got something to sustain me, something that I can do. But you need to pray every day. You need to read your Word as much as possible. You need to make sure that your finances are, are in place. You need to make sure that God is first in your life, and you need to make sure that you and your family are close as you possibly can be and, and, and serving God. And you need to be committed to church. You need to be committed to church. You, you can't grow when everybody's not committed. You need a group of people that, that shows up every week and then not only are they committed to showing up every week, but they're committed to inviting other people and saying, hey, and not just other people, sinful people, people that don't know Jesus, people that are going through hard times, people that need healing, people that are broken, that we invite those people, invite them in. This is a new year. This is 2020, and I can't wait to give you the word that God's given me. It, it kind of, when he first gave it to me, it literally scared me. I was like, ah, that's kind of big, God. I don't know about that. And then he showed me what he meant by that word, and it, re, it re, refocused my mind, and then I totally understood what he meant. But at first, it just it blew my mind. But now I'm so excited the way he showed me what was going to happen. I just can't wait to share that with you on the 26th, and I hope you're here to do that. So these are some things that I just, I just pray today that you are able to do. These little basic things, basic things. Ask yourself, God, are you really the Lord of my life or have I got some struggles with some other idols that are going on? Are there maybe some other idols in my life? Or, or, or are you really Lord of my life? Am I really serving you, serving you? Am I serving you to go to heaven or am I serving you because you died for my sins? You know, my faith. God, are you first? Do I really put you first in everything? God, is my family the way it should be? Are my finances in order? And, and you know, is, is, am, I, am I praying and am I reading the word? And, God, am I fasting? Please just don't fast for these 21 days. You know, take time during the year and do it as well for a day, a, a meal, or what have, have you. It doesn't matter how much you do it. It's that the fact that you do it. 
You may only say, hey, Pastor Doug, I can only do a meal. I can only do just meat for one meal. What a, it doesn't matter. Like I said, if it's, if, it, if it's a sacrifice to you, it means something to God, and God will honor it. You do the best you can with that. Would you bow your hand, close your eyes? Dear God, I thank you for this amazing, these amazing people in this room. And I thank you, God, that, that hopefully most of the stuff that I talked about today wasn't even for people in this room. Maybe that God is people that weren't here that maybe they can watch later or what have you. But if it was for somebody in this room, God, I pray, God, that you, that you, that you speak to us and, and that you help us, God, put these things in order, to, these adjustments and this, this checkup, God, that we can put the things in order the right way, that we can really start to focus on you, God. And this year can be the greatest that has ever been in our lives. And it can be the greatest year ever. I know the fifth year for a church is supposed to be the greatest, God, but I believe the fourth year could be the greatest, God. I believe this could be the greatest year for us. And I believe this could be the greatest year for our people. And I just pray that you bless them, God, that you help them, Father, that you help them, Lord, succeed and help them have a plan. If it's not written down, hopefully it's written down. If it's not written down, at least, God, have a plan in their mind of how that they're going to put you first, of how they're going to serve you, at least a plan on how they're going to get closer with their family, at least a plan of how they're going to they're serve you in church this year that they're going to use the gifts that you give them to serve somewhere. God, how are they going to make a commitment to make sure that I come as much as possible to church? How are they going to make a plan to, to say I'm going to fast? How are they going to make a plan, Father? Help them have a plan, Father, to, to pray every single day and, and find time to spend time in the presence of God. Not just mouth service, but spending time in your presence and realizing, God, that you are there. And when we fast, God, we are so much closer to you. Help us use this 21 days to really hear from you. Help us have 21 days, God, to really focus on who you are and for you to show us why our heart and our mind and our spirit is cut open, God, during this time. God, and our flesh is, is, is falling off, and we're able to, to, to walk more in the spirit in these 21 days than we normally do, God. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear who you are. Let us hear, God, your direction for us. Let the creative leadership team tomorrow night, God, let us hear from you. Let me hear from you, Lord, that I can be the pastor that you want me to be. We love you, God. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Please come back next week. God Goggles is going to be incredible. It's something that everybody in the world needs to hear, honestly. Not because I'm doing it, because it's just the truth. All right, we love you guys. Have a wonderful day and look forward to seeing you next Sunday.